podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host Denny Carter. Denny, what's cracking, my man? I'm I'm pretty much just so pumped up to talk about tight ends that I can't see straight. It's actually a, a medical condition. I I checked it on a WebMD just today. Uh, you know who else can't see straight right now? Who can't? Le'Veon Bell. Boom. Boom. <laughs> I can't believe that that just happened. So. I was I was I was looking at the uh, the because I'm a homer so obviously I do these things so I'm 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 looking into like the timeline of what's going on with this so the Steelers are, are playing in Philadelphia tomorrow and they had a team charter uh, that was flying to Philly today that landed this it's like ten o'clock right now uh, Eastern time on on Wednesday it landed in Philly about five hours ago and they apparently according to Adam Schefter. Blunt and 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 Bell were pulled over at one thirty p.m., meaning wow. meaning they were basically on their way to the airport to to fly in this charter, and they were they were smoking weed. And maybe they hadn't gone to bed from the night before. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, they, something like they clearly just com- completely lost track of time is what happened, or or they're just idiotic, which is probably the latter. I mean, it's just it's so ridiculous. Um, I mean, you you know better than I do, of course, but uh, I'm thinking that they're going to, you know, that Mike Tomlin, who probably has actually lost his mind at this point, is going to cut Blunt and then suspend Le'Veon Bell for until about 2017 or 18. (laughs) Right, right, right. The problem really, what's crazy is that the problem isn't really about like what is going to happen from the NFL because that could... That could be a year. Like Dwayne Bowe was arrested on November tenth last year, and he just got his suspension uh, entering the season. So, right. like, I mean, it really could be a really long time. Uh, but the problem is that you know, like, back in two thousand eight, uh, Tomlin benched Santonio Holmes because he got caught with weed. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if if, if he did something with Le'Veon, and that's a shame because Le'Veon's Le'Veon's price was already dropping. And I'm going to be really curious to see where, where it goes from here. Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, uh, Tomlin doesn't let players play music at practices. So <laughs> I, I'm guessing that, you know, he's, 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 he's the kind of guy who doesn't take kindly to, uh, you know, uh, any kind of offense, but especially drug related. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, Bell is, um, let's see, he's going uh, at 208 on fantasy football. Right, calculus. which already is a drop, I think. That is, yeah, that's that's a pretty. Let me see. It's uh, from a couple weeks ago. Yeah, ooh, yeah. It was it was a two hundred four two weeks ago. Yeah, and now it's at two hundred eight. And, so. and, and that's just from reports of of Blunt taking potential goal line carries, which yeah. which in essence is is just. I mean, like we're gonna all overblow that a little bit, uh, just in general, especially well, I, especially in PPR leagues. You know, the thing with with the Blunt goal line thing is that. I I thought it was common knowledge or, or yeah. at least common group think that Blunt is a not has never been a good or a great uh, um, goal line runner a short yardage runner right uh, 
you know, in, in Tampa, that's part of the reason he lost his gig to Doug Martin. I mean, besides just being, a, a, a you know, a, a malcontent um, and someone that the coaching staff didn't like, but he, uh, um, is, you know, he, he wasn't good at the goal line right. and Martin was. So I, I don't really understand where the, that. I, the, the thing that I, you know, like, it's one of those situations where like the Steelers are stubborn and they're not very smart when it comes to that kind of knowledge and, and like looking at analytics and, and seeing that side of things. So that's why just to me, it's, it's one of those situations where like we're way smarter than, than the coaches to, yeah, in that sense. Yeah, I, I feel like the Steelers are, are just, you know, with their approach to analytics is just, uh, you know, math is for nerds. Yeah, dude, Lance Moore all all day. Lance Moore, Marcus Wheaton, Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, let's do it. Hey, man, fir- first downs all day. All day long. So the other, so that's, that's, that's the Le'Veon Bell piece of news. The other piece of news is something that made me smile a little bit, and that was the fact that Johnny Manziel will not be playing against my Steelers week one. Which is awesome because I that hate why my, do you hate America? My I biggest, America. I I actually I want Manziel to play. I just didn't want him to play Week One after you know, like think about think about how terrible my life would be if oh. if Johnny Manziel played the Steelers Week One and went off and Davis was was on my Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. That would mm-hmm. just be oh. the worst day of my life. No. Well, he said he was gonna set your he was gonna set your pretty much yeah. set my what? I think you cut he, out a sec. Uh, he he said he, he, David said you he was gonna set your mentions on fire. Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't want my mentions to be caught on fire. I don't want burning mentions. <laughs> I want... Burning mentions. I think we we found a uh, name for this episode. <laughs> burnt, burnt mentions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but like like I I don't I don't want that to happen. I would I don't want to see Johnny Man. I mean, like realistically, like I've put I'm I'm now investing about in, into about fifty MFL tens this year probably. And I don't own Johnny Manziel. I, I don't own him. I own zero Johnny Manziel shares. And um, therefore, you're going to win zero dollars. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's. I mean, I'm, I just would rather draft Alex Smith. Why draft Johnny Manziel when you can draft Jesus? I <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> you can't argue with the logic. I mean, but yeah, I'm 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 excited to see. I'm sorry that we've opened up this podcast only talking about the Steelers, basically. It's okay. It's an all Steelers broadcast yeah. for once. Yeah, I love it. It's better than talking all Rams leagues. Yeah, all two thousand nine Rams leagues. Veiny legs leagues. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, let's get into the topic for tonight. We've already covered quarterbacks uh, with Davis. Then we, uh, Silva and I, talked about running backs when you were out the one week. Last week we talked wide receivers. This week we're going to naturally talk about tight ends. I was actually I'm actually looking forward to this because it's fun to talk about onesie positions. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of our thing. I I, I am looking forward to this because I think that there's a lot of I think I feel like there's more diversity uh, in the tight end conversation this summer than mm-hmm. there was last summer. Yeah, for sure. The, uh, it's it's interesting. I mean, I'll have, I have some like random stats that I that I found later, earlier tonight, but like let's just go right into the, our, our tight end strategy for, for 2014. One of the things that I've actually like thought about a lot and I've, I've talked to you about, I talked to Rich, Rich Rebar, our buddy about, um, is this idea that, uh, we were in this era of elite tight ends 
we're in this area where tight ends, these athletic tight ends are, are becoming a more integral part of offenses. Um, and it's, it's kind of similar to the way, like I could see this bubble bursting kind of the way that we saw it in 2011 to 2012 with quarterbacks, um, where we saw those elite guys, you know, they were, they were way better than everyone else in the position. And then boom, all of these other quarterbacks came out rookie quarterbacks, but this, in this case, it could be sophomore tight ends. There's a lot of sophomore tight ends out there. Um, and I, I could see this being a season where everyone's going early tight end and early tight ends the way to go, but there's so much talent late that it could be some, it could be way more advantageous, not only because of our strategy background and what we believe in, but because of the talent back there. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think Rich said it best when he said that the tight end position in fantasy football needs to needs to breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think what what he meant was that there is there's so much potential in those later rounds um, in guys like Ladarius Green, Tyler Eifert, mm-hmm. tra- uh, Travis Kelsey, um, uh, and at least a, a, a couple other tight ends uh, that you can get basically from Zach Ertz. Exactly. I mean, he's rising, right. but yeah. yeah, and and but he's still late, and right, you know, and, and so so this position, there's just I feel like it's it all all of that uh, potential fantasy production is just under a cap right now, and mm-hmm. it's it it you know it's ready to blow, but it's it's tough to, you know, it's it's tough to draft your team according to that the position getting a chance to breathe a little bit right um when you when you have kind of the old guard you know is 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 fading i mean gonzalez is gone uh antonio gates is almost gone probably i mean he's he really faded the the second half of last year um so i think that we're gonna we're gonna see it eventually i i believe it'll be this year and that's why um you know that that's why I think that like this year, even more so than last year, is a is a fantastic time to pick a couple bonkers in in the later you know later rounds and and let it roll. Yeah, I mean, like you think about it, there were some there were a lot of rookie tight ends last year that not only were just playing rookie tight ends, like you know, like Travis Kelsey didn't play because of his injury, obviously, but like. There, there's a guy like Tyler Eifert who didn't get a ton of opportunity in Jay Gruden's offense, and then there's, uh, but but there's there's guys like Jordan Reed who is a monster as a rookie, and and a guy like Tim Wright who I have a stat that I'll talk about later on. But I mean, there are these guys that that produce like like legitimate tight end, low end tight end one numbers that yeah. maybe didn't do it the whole season. But it's a it's an example of why uh, that's that's just an example of why streaming can be effective because they're still producing in, in those chunks of weeks. And we, you know, Tim Wright lived the stream a lot last year, as, <laughs> as did Jordan Reed. I mean, we we pimped these guys pretty hard last year, so we got to do it again this year. Yeah, exactly. And Martellus Bennett is another guy, and I know yep. we'll get into these things, but, you know, he's a guy, he's, he's going to be the third option, um, or third, maybe 3B option in that offense. And, uh, uh, you know, he had some games last year, not not consistent production, but um, so yeah, I mean, there's just there's just so, I just I'm, I'm looking at ADPs and I'm just I just salivate looking at all these guys who you can get basically for free. Right, right. So I'm 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 assuming that your approach is is a late round tight end one this year. It is, but you know I have to say that uh, you know Gronkowski is going in the uh, at at 304 right now, and I find it very difficult to pass on him. 
uh, wow. in, in the late third round. And I, and, and maybe that's, I feel like, I, I feel like that's just me hating myself and wanting my, you know, put myself through this uh, horrible Gronkowski experiment. <laughs> but, but I, I mean, he has, he's posted efficiency numbers. Oh yeah. Uh, it, that, that Jimmy Graham simply has not. Right. Right. Um, during the time that he's on the field. Uh, I, so I see him as a superior option to Graham going two full, full, fully two rounds later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've done a couple mocks where he's dropped into the uh, start of the fourth round, and that's where I can't resist, and that's where I go all in. Yeah, on, on Gronk there, and just you know, just just don't just don't watch Patriots games because you're going to be sick every time he gets tackled. Yeah, I, I think the important thing. Yeah, I think the important thing to note there. Um, you know, we talked about quarterbacks a few weeks ago, and that you know fourth fifth round as the what we saw as like good value for the for the elite quarterbacks I think you can probably take it a little bit early I mean obviously with Jimmy Graham because he is healthy and we we know what his health is but you know you can take it a step further or or you can value them uh these these early round tight ends a little bit earlier uh Mm -hmm. simply because the position a is clearly you know we were just talking about the depth of the position but that's just potential uh, the position isn't as deep as the quarterback position is, and we're talking about onesie positions here, just to be clear. Um, you know, it's not as deep as the quarterback position is, and not only that, but uh, tight end is is the most volatile position of the four in, in your standard lineup. So because of that, you know, having a guy like Gronk and Graham, of course, gives you an advantage. That's the real key. That's the real advantage that you get with having those guys. It's not so much uh, the fact that um, your 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 production. Uh, versus the rest uh, rest of the position is that much better it's 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 that if you do go a streaming route streaming quarterbacks and streaming defenses for instance is a lot easier to do than streaming tight ends right and and uh you know i i know look at the chances of gronkowski playing 16 games it i mean slim to none right mm-hmm. but i think that if even if if you get him in the middle or the or the end of the third round or even later, which I said, as I said, I feel like I'm betraying my streaming roots by saying this, but um, I, I really believe that if if you get 12 or 13 games out of him, you still that's still a fantastic pick, a great value. He just is not uh, he's he's not a guy I can I can see there and then pick a pick someone else, you know, pick another position. Like I can't pick like Keenan Allen or Pierre Garcon or even. Larry Fitzgerald over Gronkowski if he's sitting there, especially if I've, you know, if I've uh, spent my first three picks on, um, you know, on, on elite wide receivers and, and running backs. So right. Yeah. Yeah. He's my temptation for sure. That's fair. I mean, we all know the thing is, is that the reason you don't get Graham is because there's an insane opportunity cost associated with Graham. The right. the opportunity cost is not really there with Gronk. What's there with with Gronk is the inherent risk of his injury and, and whatnot. So, like I mean, I get it. Gronk is Gronk is actually better than Jimmy Graham from from a numbers perspective. Like I would rather have Gronkowski than Jimmy Graham if if, if both of them are healthy. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, sixteen games with Gronkowski, I'll take that every time over sixteen games with Jimmy. Right. Graham. When when Gronk was back last year, he was dominant. He was way better during that stretch. He was better than Jimmy Graham. So yeah, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting way of, of looking at things. I, I mean, I I think. You know, with more and more news, Gronk is going to be in the second round. It's just the way that I mean, in he every draft that I've done recently, he's been in the second round. So I'm I'm staying away and and I'm staying away and I'm not getting a tight end. Like I said, until late. And 
it is tempting at times to to look at a guy to look at those higher floor guys, but you have to realize it's just like the quarterback position where those middle round guys, those middle tier guys, are really really easily replaceable from a week to week perspective. Even right. if, even if they look like they have tremendous upside, which they do, some of them do. I'm not talking about Jordan Cameron here. I'm talking more like Greg Olson, for instance. Right. Who right. Greg Olson was was actually a monster last year in terms of weekly consistency. He he ranked third in top twelve weeks. In PPR leagues, he was tied with Vernon Davis, who in Vernon Davis went off last year. Um, but but the thing is, is that Olsen's week to week consistency is a very low end tight end one. Uh, so the reason that Olsen looks good at the end of the year is because he's consistently putting those numbers up, so his cumulative numbers look good. But he's really not that phenomenal on a week to week basis. Yeah, no, yeah, you hit it right on the head. I, you talked about opportunity cost, and and I know you know listeners, our listeners know all about opportunity cost at this point. Uh, but, but just to kind of, to cement that idea for you, um, you look at the opportunity cost for um, Jimmy Graham right now, and you're talking about the Marius Thomas, you're talking about, um, Des Bryant, Eddie Lacy, AJ Green, right. DeMarco Murray. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's that cost. Now you look down at Gronkowski and your cost is Vincent Jackson, <coughs> CJ Spiller and Reggie Bush. Right. You know, Rashad Jennings even. So. Yeah, there's there's a huge drop off in, in snake drafts after round two. I mean, there just there just is, especially at because you, you get you end the the elite wide receivers at the end of round two, and your running back the running back position is just completely frightening after the, after round two. Yeah, and and uh, but j- just to you know just to wrap you know that helps me wrap my head around it a little yeah, bit yeah. about around the opportunity cost and then. And for, so for me, really, it's uh, tight end this year is Gronkowski at a value, which which for me is at the end of the third or the beginning of the fourth, or I'm I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah, basically, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. So what's your? Let's get into some specific tight ends that we're targeting and avoiding. I just want to before we like get into like some of our favorite guys and stuff. I want. Do you have any thoughts on Jordan Cameron? Like he's been he's been one of the more interesting guys because I've seen him go. I mean, like, Silva got him in our apex draft in, in round three. Uh, I know that he's an early round tight end guy. But, um, you know, so, like, we've seen him go in round three. He goes in round five, I think, is where his ADP is. Um, are you buying into what Jordan Cam- – it's kind of crazy that Vernon Davis is ahead of Jordan Cameron, according yeah. to Fantasy Football Calc. That's kind of – that's terrible. Come on, you guys are better than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but like, are you buy, so are you buying so now that Hoyer, like we were saying, Hoyer is the starter in Cleveland starting week one. Are you buying into that that chemistry given the the two and a half games that they played together last year and how Jordan Cameron dominated? Or are you buying into the fact that if Josh Gordon's gone, he's the de facto number one, so he's going to see a lot of volume and he's going to catch ninety balls? Um, just in general, I mean, this is literally. I mean, I don't really. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I I see I see Vernon Davis, Jordan Cameron, and Jason Witten as in a in in the tight end no man's land for, for for me because I you know for for Cameron yes I believe that he that he would be in a, a very intriguing pick at the end of the fifth round which is where he's going if it was the same Brian Hoyer and the same offense right. that that the Browns had last year. It is not the same Brian Hoyer. He he looks like a guy coming off an injury. He looks like garbage. I mean, he's throwing it everywhere. He's throwing it high. He's throwing it low. He look he looks like every he looks like every quarterback who ever came back from a major knee injury. Yeah. 
And so I don't believe that that if you're drafting Cameron, that, you know, if you're banking on that chemistry and that offense and everything, then you're it's you're banking on the wrong thing. I mean, you're you're assuming way, way too much. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe Cameron will be just an absolute target hog, get 10 looks a game every game. You know, maybe maybe, maybe that'll maybe that'll buoy his um, his value a little bit. But uh, even even at the end of the fifth, I mean, you know, you look at guys who are going around him. Uh, uh, from you know, for me, um, uh, Tory Smith is right there. I I'd much rather have Tory Smith than than Jordan Cameron. So I have I have been pa- I have been passing on him there. Um, if he drops, you know, into the seventh, then I'm then I'm intrigued. I, I would much rather have Jordan Reed at seven oh six than yeah. Jordan uh, Cameron at at five twelve. If yeah. that kind of summarizes things. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. The the one thing with Cameron too that I think I think people are just like overlooking in Cleveland in general. They they ran more pass plays than any team in the NFL last year. Right. Uh, I they could easily run two hundred fewer passing plays in 2014. And, That's and, remarkable. And, 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 I mean, it, it's actually very clear that they're going to be more of a run-first team. They got Ben Tate and Terrence West. They have Mike Pettin, who's who's that that hard-nosed kind of coach, head coach. I know he's defensive-minded, but it's it's just the, the, the entire mentality of that team is we're going we're gonna to be physical, we're going to play defense, and we're going to run the ball. Like, that's, right. that's the way that they're going to play. It's that AFC North style of play. And, you know, like, I, I think it's just, it's the same idea that I have. This is kind of a, a tangent in a way, but... It's the same idea that I have with Josh Gordon and and how people are viewing him as this. So like I love Josh Gordon. I'm a huge Josh Gordon fan. I think that he, you know, if he if he was playing 16 games this year, um, he should be one of the top wide receivers taken. Uh, but the one thing that I I could see is that people wouldn't necessarily look at their play calling regression. And I think the one thing with Gordon is that sure he was consistent week to week and he was always putting up. Uh, you know, top twenty-four weeks of wide receiver. But if he's playing eight, like if he's this is such a tangent. I'm sorry. If he's playing eight games next year or this upcoming season, um, it's not really worth your investment because you're not guaranteed. And it's only seven games because you're not playing fantasy football in week seventeen. But uh, you're you're not you're not guaranteed top performances every single time he, he goes out there. And I think one of the, one of the main reasons for that is because the Browns aren't going to be nearly as pass-heavy as they were last year. So that's the thing with, with Jordan Cameron that you have to think about as well. Um, I, I'm i not really, you know, I like I think Jordan Cameron is, like I have him ranked as a top-five tight end. I just don't think that the the uh, the value is there in fantasy drafts. We're not, yeah, we're not talking about, you know, a slight change in offensive philosophy. We're not talking about 30 or 40 or even 50 fewer passes over the course of the season. We're talking about an entire shift yeah. in the way this offense runs. And Gordon, what honestly, uh, if Gordon were playing 16 games, I don't know what his ADP would be, but I think it would scare the crap out of me. Yeah, for sure. Because with those quarterbacks throwing in that offense, man, I, I just I feel like he would be – he would be a candidate to you know be one of the most overdrafted elite players in 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 the game. Right, which is I, I say I say that as someone as a, as a total Gordon freak apologist. Exactly, okay? right, right. I'm not. I have nothing like I have nothing against. I love Josh Gordon. He won the leagues last year. I think he is can be an incredible player. Uh, but uh, whew, boy, that that offense and everything. I mean, yeah. I mean, like you said, the coaching staff there is a 
hard nosed. We hate touchdowns. We're going to win every game six to nothing. Yeah, that's the way it's going to be. Cleveland's defense is great. They're they're a solid defense, and it's going to be low low scoring games there, and they're going to do that by grinding out the clock with 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 Ben Tate and Terrence West. It's just the way yeah. that it's going to be. And and that, yeah, and that just puts me off Cameron. Just to get back to him, it just puts yeah, me off. Yeah, it, it, it should. It should. You need you like if you're going to be an elite tight end, you're going to need that like elite volume. You're right. going to need it, and I mean, sure, he might get it, but you're also you also have to realize that the elite tight ends in this league have Tom Brady and Drew Brees throwing them the ball. There, there, there's a reason that those guys are, are scoring 15 touchdowns a season. You, yeah. you need you need that quarterback. It's the same. It's the same idea as with with small wide receivers. The only small wide receivers that actually score touchdowns are ones that that have elite quarterbacks as well. Yes, exactly. Ed, that's a great point. You know, I mean, if you can think of like the most non-elite quarterback situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have the, you have literally the anti Tom Brady throwing Jordan yeah. Cameron the ball. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm I so yes, after now you you've totally convinced me and yes, I'm I'm totally out on Jordan Cameron at his current ADP. Sorry guys. Sorry sorry Jordan backer or Jordan oh, Cameron backers. Yeah. Ian Jason Witt. I'm out on Jason Witten at six oh nine. Yeah, he's he doesn't he doesn't really do it for me either. And I people I, I, people are inflating that Linehan offense. It's kind of annoying me. Yeah, I, I ran his uh I ran, you know, his, his equity score projections and his best case scenario is that he he meets his meets his value exactly. Yeah, I so believe that. He finishes at tight end tight end six and that's where he's going. So that's his high but his median projection puts him at at, at tight end 10 which you know i mean that's not like a, a horrible disaster but he just he, he doesn't he doesn't have at that adp he does not have any appeal to me yeah gavin escobar is there too i mean there's yep. i mean it's not it's not just that jason Witten doesn't score touchdowns that often i mean he had eight last year but he had, he had eight combined the two years prior i mean he had and in 2012 he had 110 receptions and three touchdowns which is insane. I'm not. I mean, obviously that was that I mean, he regressed, but at the same time, he's not necessarily like if you're gonna get a tight end early, you have to basically lock down double digit touchdowns because the replaceability at tight end is just going to be large because you're only starting one in your fantasy league. So you yeah. you need double digit touchdowns. You, that's just the way that that math works. I think I think instead of you know team small wide receiver and team big wide receiver, I think Jason Witten's just a team fat tight end. Yeah, isn't he like eighty seven now? I just think that he's just this big fat guy who just rumbles around. I don't, I don't, yeah. So. I feel like he has been. I mean, he's been around for a while. He's been, rookie year was two thousand three. How old is he now? He's he's thirty two. He's thirty two point one oh six according to Pro Football Reference. I'm I'm gonna be 31 next week. Oh my god! I'm almost as old as Jason. <laughs> oh my Witten. god! You're making fun of Jason Witten's age, and you are Jason Witten. Wait a second! I'm waiting, I'm making fun of his weight. Okay, let's get that. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Um. So give me give me a, a guy that you're that you do like this year. Any 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 part of the draft? We'll just we'll just kind of fire off some guys and reasons why we like them. Okay. Uh. Okay, I know that I'm I'm one of a thousand people who say this every day, but uh, I I really think Zach Ertz will be will be more valuable than he's than he than people are talking about, and I think that the conversation usually goes, yes, okay, Zach Ertz will you know will have some games this year. That that's that's all well and good, but the Philly offense will be 
uh, will will spread it around so much that um, you know, good luck predicting when Ertz will catch his touchdown or even two touchdowns. Uh, you could say that about a lot of tight ends, first of all. Right. Uh, and and secondly, um, he. Uh, you know, Philly beat writers uh, expect him to at least double his stat line from last year. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Uh, I can tweet them out later, but uh, that that would that would put him firmly inside the top ten. And remember, he's I mean, he's going in the in the middle of the eleventh round. Now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know that that would be a um, that that would be a, a very nice value. Um, I have him as his his ceiling. I have him at tight end six. Um, and I just, I think that you saw some of that in the Eagles preseason game yeah. last week against, uh, who was in New England? Yeah, you got the, you got the red zone, you got the and, red zone touchdown. Yeah, but it, you know, it, it wasn't just, it was, it wasn't just that, that entire drive, Foles was just peppering right. Ertz with, with, with targets. You know, some didn't work out, some did, whatever, but it was nice to see, you know, that like the abstract thought that Ertz would be a go-to guy, not the go-to guy in the whole offense, but a, a primary target, uh, not just inside the 20 yard line mm-hmm. is, um, you know, it was nice to see that, 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 that was possible and that, and, and that, you know, looks like part of, part of the Eagles game plan. Uh, uh he was also incredibly efficient on a per target basis. He was, uh, the fourth, most efficient tight end on a per target basis last year. So I, I'm, I'm taking him if he's in the 11th, every time I'm taking him every time. Yeah. That's just, I, I like Ertz as well. Uh, he's one of those sophomore guys that, that could certainly break out this year. Another guy uh, who's a second year guy is, and we talked about him already a little bit is Travis Kelsey. Um, he's, he's already dominating the, the preseason. Um, the, the, the fact of the matter is the chiefs don't have any weapons. They have they have Dwayne Bow who's not playing week one, and they have they have Anthony Fasano and Donnie Avery, and that's your problem. Um, Sean McGrath saw forty. Remember Sean? We I think we streamed Sean McGrath last year. Yeah, yeah, the the bearded guy. <laughs> yeah, we, I'm I'm almost certain that we threw him in there one week. Uh, yeah, because he was probably playing like the Cardinals or something or some some bad team against that end. But he. Yeah. Uh, he saw 40 targets last year, which was which doesn't sound like a lot. It's still 39th among tight ends. Like he was still targeted. Um, I, I think what what the big key with Kelsey is is not only is he going to potentially be the de facto number two in that well maybe three if you count Jamal Charles in that offense, um, but the fact that the team is probably going to be even more pass heavy this year due to that defense regressing a little bit. Um, so I, I think just given that. Uh, there's some upside. I mean, there's there's obvious upside with Travis Kelsey. He's built like Rob Gronkowski. Um, yes. So yeah, he looks like him. Yeah. Right. I mean, like there there's le- there's legitimate uh, phys- like he has crazy physical assets. Um, so I think just because you know that combined with the fact that there aren't many weapons there, they're going to be more pass heavy. You know, he he could he could even be you know Alex Smith doesn't necessarily look downfield a whole lot. He could be that intermediate guy for Smith. Um, that's that's pretty attractive. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, what he does there and I mean right now I know his ADP is rising right now he's at 13.09 or 13.9 so um, he's a 17th tight end off the board according to fantasy football calculator which I'll I'll take that all day me too I I I love Kelsey as like a flyer although in some in like savvy drafts you have to be careful because if you're gonna if your plan is to wait on Kelsey mm-hmm. until like the twelfth or thirteenth, you're gonna get sniped. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because the sa- like I saw him, 
I saw him go in the eighth round the other day. That's pretty early. So, and it is. I would. I wasn't going to take him there, but I was just. I, I mean, that's just an indication right. that you know the 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 game is on very much for Kelsey as uh, as more than a, than a streamer. I I wrote a I wrote a a piece about Kelsey um, in in Andy Reid's offense for XN Sports. Um, and I thought that the the money quote in that in that article came from uh, a, a guy, a former Andy Reid tight end in Philadelphia, like a long fifteen years ago, named Luther Broughton. Okay, nice. I love and Luther Broughton. Really, I've never. I, no, never I, I don't know. I'm just keeping. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> I thought you were pulling a hipster on me. Um, and uh, he 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 said uh, about the tight end position in Reid's offense. He said. Uh, that offense is made for a tight end to excel. He said, a, a guy like me, I'm not putting myself down. I had enough talent to be good enough. But a backup tight end, a guy like me, was able to thrive in that offense. Right. And and it's true. I mean, he actually, if you look at back at Broughton's numbers, and you know, he's kind of a replacement level type guy, um, he, he put up decent numbers, and so did L.J. L. Smith. L.J. So Smith, Chad, holy crap. Uh, so did Chad Lewis. So did Brent Selleck. You're I mean, right. In, two, in, in 2009, Brent Selleck caught 76 balls yep. for nine, 971 yards and eight touchdowns. So yeah. um, uh, th- this is an offense that, that really can use the tight end. And as far as, you know, Alex Smith's history with tight ends, I mean, that mostly is is just Vernon Davis. Um, but uh, he he's averaged, um, uh, let's see, the market share – the target market share for tight ends when Alex Smith is under center is uh, 29%. Wow. Um, so, you know, we're talking about if he's comfortable and if the tight end is being used as a, as a pass-catching weapon, then we're talking about, you know, 25 to 30% of, of his throws might, might go there. Um, you know, maybe that's an overestimation when we talk about the, the, the increase in throw volume that – and that Alex Smith has in KC compared to San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, so that might be a little uh, misconstrued. But I, what I'm saying is that Alex Smith has a history of targeting his tight ends, right. and 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 I'm not saying that Kelsey is Vernon Davis or anything. Vernon Davis is is a special player, um, um, but uh, but yeah, I just I think there's no reason that he could not transform into an every week starter this year. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. And that's that's what you look for too whenever you're trying to go late round tight end with with the idea that worst case scenario you're going to stream. You you want to get a guy like Kelsey who has the upside to be a legitimate every week starter. Exactly. I I I think that he's as close if you just want to talk about like last year's player X, last year's this or that. He's as close as we're going to get to last year's Julius Thomas. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Very true. As far as a late emergence uh, in an offense that can use him, and obviously Alex Smith is just as good as Peyton Manning, as we've made clear. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I hear you. Do you have any... Uh, oh, I just realized what you said. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but there but I actually, I I still, I, I agree with that statement, because Alex Smith is, is Jesus. Is the GOAT. He's the GOAT. Uh, so do you have, you have any other guys you want to... Throw out there, um, yeah, you know, just just talking about guys who don't really excite me, and I know this. I'm probably on an island here, but Kyle Rudolph still doesn't excite me at at eight oh one. Yeah, I just i I know he's lost weight. He looks like 
he looks like like less like Logan Paulson this year than he did um, <laughs> in, in the, the rest of his career. I mean, seriously, you watch Kyle Rudolph catch a ball, like, you know, even last season, and he's just this big statue just standing up here just waiting to get crushed by a safety. And, right. and he, he's so slow. Um, uh, and I, let's put it this way. I would, and I know the Dennis Pitta jokes and everything, but uh, I'm taking Pitta at 901 much uh, more quickly than I'm taking uh, Rudolph at 801. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, I, the the obvious reason with with Rudolph is North Turner, and it's a it's a very real thing. I mean, it it's it it's it's a very real thing, and that's why Jordan Cameron went off. La- part of the reason why Jordan Cameron went off last year, um, but it's tough for me in general to just get excited about the the Minnesota passing offense. It's part of the reason why I'm not really that big on Patterson, as we talked about last week. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of of ambiguity there, and I think you're not really paying for that ambiguity. You're just assuming that, that Rudolph can, can be it uh, at, at that ADP. And I, I know it sounds crazy, but like, you know, I know it only sounds like an eighth round pick, but really when you look at, at I mean, he's still the eighth tight end going off the board, like you said, behind or ahead of a guy like Dennis Pitta, who probably has just as good of a, of an offensive situation with Gary Kubiak going to, to Baltimore uh, to to really thrive and and do well, so I, I'm with you with the with the Pitta and Rudolph thing. I actually I like Rudolph. I think that he's going to be good. But but like you said, I mean like if you're comparing him to to like Pitta, I would probably prefer Pitta at his ADP. I think Rudolph is probably a little bit better, but I like I like Pitta's value a little bit more. Yeah, uh, I, and I have to say I'm looking at 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 uh, fantasy football calculator. I just realized that Ertz is going four picks after Pitta. Huh. He's going at in nine oh five. I I didn't realize he had jumped that far. I guess that touchdown really made an impression on people. Preseason, yeah. Now now Ertz is a low end low end one. What there? So the, right next to Ertz is Ladarius Green. What are your thoughts on Green? Um. Well, uh, just the 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 Pitta Ertz thing. I, yeah. Sorry. I, I'm taking. I just want to say. I'm. I would take. I would take Pitta comfortably over over Ertz. Yeah. I yeah. Think. Me too. Uh. That's 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 not really a hard call for me, but. Uh, green, you know, I was fading green for a long time because I just didn't, I, it just felt like, like the chargers were not, you know, not, not going to say what we wanted them to say, which right. is, you know, green is our guy and he's going to be a, 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 a centerpiece of our offense. And, you know, they still haven't said that, but mm-hmm. you know, it, with an 11th round cost, you know, if I, He's going right before Martellus Bennett. Now, Bennett is, like I said, I think he has some appeal, but I I would take Green there because Green is Green is a guy who can tilt your league. Yeah. If he if he gets the if he gets the chance. I mean, he's not like a like an instant championship winner for you, I don't think. But um, I guess Davis <laughs> Davis would disagree. He wrote a. Oh, Davis uh, loves him some Ladarius. He's for Rotoviz uh, saying uh, Ladarius Green wants you to win your fantasy football championship, right. and and I agree. I mean, look at—he's one Antonio Gates injury away from just seizing that gig. Uh, he's gonna—he look at—he's gonna have a big week one probably against a Cardinals team that uh, ha- did not defend. It was historically bad against mm-hmm. tight ends last year. Historically, um, so uh you know he's he's going to prove his value i think i think it's at some point and he still has a really low cost so yeah. um 
I find it really difficult to pass them up. Yeah, that's how I feel too. I snagged them. So we had a that Razball 32 and 32 and 32 draft here in Charlotte on Monday. And so this draft was this draft was crazy. I mean, it was just insane. Uh it was 12 teams. It was uh two running back, two wide receivers, but then two flex, uh half point PPR and then you started tight end. So I'm going through the draft. Like I ended up getting Justin Hunter as my wide receiver five and Fred Jackson as my running back five. And I was just having a lot of fun taking, uh, taking the, the getting crazy depth at running back and wide receiver. And I ended up getting Ladarius as my tight end one, because I, I just think he's the perfect guy to take a chance on. I do too. You know, it's like, it's why not? We saw what he's capable of doing. The one fear that I have is that he is going to just be that weekly nightmare where he's going to blow up one week and he's going to be sitting on your bench or he's going to be an off or someone's going to be, someone will have dropped him or something and he's not going to be in a lineup, uh, which is why I targeted him. I targeted him a lot in MFL tens, for instance, in best ball leagues, just because he, he's, he's the guy that's capable of, of, of a three catch 120 yard game. So, 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 I mean, from that standpoint and, and like, I don't, I actually don't hate Antonio Gates either. He has pretty positive reviews coming out of camp right now. Um, and from, from the writers in San Diego, um, you know, I'm not really that against Antonio Gates. I, I just, I think with, with regards to Gates, you know, to me, drafts are often about how you feel about your depth at running back and wide receiver. And if you're going through your fantasy draft and you don't feel that great about your running backs and your wide receivers, um, that's whenever I go for more of a high floor tight end where I know that I need to get some points that I, that I just, I, f- I feel more, I, f- I feel safety at the position. Uh, so I think Gates might be a higher floor guy, obviously, just because of his experience and, and, and he's not necessarily a vertical threat like Ladarius is. So from that standpoint, that's whenever I go Gates. Uh, I'm not really against them, but I, I, I'd much rather just go for the upside that we were talking about earlier. If you're going to go late, you just go upside. Listen, this is a for him or against him situation. Okay, <laughs> black and white. This is we're gonna we're gonna smoke them out. No, it's uh the uh you really do. It, green is like a, uh, a, a has become a very polarizing uh, guy, and I, I think that he's. I, I don't know. I just I think that he's the kind of guy where come October even not even like you know later in the season come October you could be like man I, you know I don't know what my team would look like if I didn't have Green right the, right you know, and, at at such a value so right uh, but it is it is it is worrisome that I mean he's not listed as he's he's still listed as number two right I mean yeah yeah I mean like Antonio Gates is there he's he's there to stay I mean that's that's just how it's going to be this year, at least until, until he gets hurt or, you know, if Ladarius just outperforms the hell out of him, then sure. He's going to get more volume, but it's not, you know, those kind of situations I'm always worried about in, in fantasy football. You know, I don't want to just assume that this guy who we don't have a lot of information on at the NFL level is just all of a sudden going to perform at this unbelievable level to push away a, a guy who not only can perform at, a, at an above average level like Antonio Gates, but Antonio Gates was one of the best tight ends in the history of the game. You know, so it's not that it's just, it's, it's difficult. It's it's not like a typical like breakout situation like Travis Kelsey where Travis Kelsey is, is trying to, trying to uh, beat Anthony Fasano for targets. You know, it, it, it's yeah. just, it, it's different. It's, it's a very different situation. But you know what? Gates, Gates fits your mold, doesn't he? I mean, that that's, that's yeah, it. he does. 
he he fits your he fits your old guy like steady Eddie kind of. Mold. He's gonna he's gonna produce, dude. Like he's he's going to still like I have Antonio Gates on MFL ten. What like the way that I approach MFL tens is I usually have two tight ends. I don't necessarily always go for three, and I'll get a guy like Antonio Gates to pair with someone like a, a Kelsey, or I'll get a guy like Greg Olson to go with Ladarius Green. Right. And, and right. Because it's just, it's just you, 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 you still need that, and it's not like Antonio Gates isn't capable of having two touchdowns in a game. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm messing with. I, I, I know. Think, I love you too. You listen. Your, your approach. Our approaches are different. I, I'm, I'm looking to, to, to nuke everyone or nuke myself. So yeah. And you're, and, and you're just gonna like chip away at, 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 at leagues and at scoring until, until you're on on top so you know i should probably just take a lesson from you and shut my mouth no that's not that's not true <laughs> no, serious. like you just draft a big old boring team so one time so like so it actually this is a nice transition is heath miller is another guy that's really intriguing to me not just because i'm a Steeler fan but because it's it's an interesting situation what's going on in pittsburgh with with uh their receivers um mm-hmm. so with Miller, you now have Jericho Cotri out of the picture. He's in here in Charlotte. I'm gonna have coffee with him tomorrow. Um, Cotri's yeah, Cotri's gone. Um, he leaves 22 red zone targets behind, uh, where he scored 10 touchdowns in the red zone last year. People have to remember that Heath Miller wasn't 100% coming off his ACL tear last year. You not only can just watch him and see that he wasn't 100%, but it's been I mean reported multiple times that he wasn't 100%. Um, he saw just nine targets and five catches in the red zone for a touchdown. What people don't remember is that two years ago, Heath Miller was the fourth best tight end in fantasy football. That was the first year that Todd Haley was running the offense. Um, and in that, in that year, uh, he played that, he was, he was Ben's go-to red zone target when he was playing that Cotri role and he got 20, uh, had 20 targets for seven touchdowns in the red zone. Uh, so I think, I think that, that Heath, you know, I'm not necessarily expecting 2012 to happen again, but I think I put Heath in that same Antonio Gates category. Where sure it's boring, but if you need something steady in your lineup, I think that that's fine at the tight end position. They're going to catch three, have have a nice three catch floor every week, and and you'll feel fine about it. You know, you're not necessarily going to get the crazy upside, but it, it all depends on the way that the rest of your draft is going. But I think I think Heath Miller could easily be a low end tight end one this year. Yeah, I. Um... I mean, I, I don't end up with Miller on many of my teams or any of them, but uh, <laughs> I, see, I see I see your I see your point. I mean, yeah, look at that that team has uh, three tiny wide receivers running around, so somebody's gonna ha- have to catch touchdowns, um, and you know, might as well be he, um, you know the big burly guy running down the seam. That that year, so two years ago, he had seventy one catch, and this is in fifteen games because he tore his ACL. He had he had seventy one catches, eight hundred and sixteen yards, and eight touchdowns. And he's only he's only two years removed from that. I mean, it's not like, and he's still he's still what he's he's thirty one point three zero two years old. He's your age. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, um, like you can't uh, you can't hate on him if it's age related, Denny, because that's that's you. Yeah. And 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 no one has me. No one has you. So it's what is <laughs> now? That's my mind's all messed up not, now. Not even not even in hair leagues anymore. <laughs> but um, uh, so I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, uh, my auto retweet, uh, Jared Cook. Oh God. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Lan- and, and Lance that's Kendricks right. all day. 
uh, stop with Kendrick. And uh, uh, so uh, the Rams, um, two of their first three matchups are marked as very favorable on four for four's adjusted schedule, um, strength of schedule matrix. Okay, what I'm saying is he plays the Vikings, the Bucks, and the Cowboys to start the season. I could see him. I could see him starting red hot like he did last year, and people saying, "Ah, forget it. He's this is Jared Cook. He's not going to do it." I still say that Jared Cook has the very much the potential to finish as a top seven tight end. Wow! I, I'm marking it down. I've already marked it down. That's that's my that's my Jared Cook uh, a hot take of the year. I do I do have him in some MFL tens just for you. But yeah, I but I also have the entire NFL outside of Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you're in a hundred of them. I. I uh, I almost took Heath Miller for you, and then I <laughs> I took I took Jake Ballard instead. Is he still in the league? <laughs> you retired. Oh, that was a wasted pick. Oh, he runs like a dad, <laughs> and now he's actually running like a dad because he's retired, and he's hopefully he's a dad. I mean, I I'm a dad, and I play I play softball, so you know I don't I hope I, hope I don't run like Jake Ballard. Uh, pr- probably do. I'm I'm not 280 pounds like Jake Bauer. <laughs> that's true. That's true. The the weight of your body doesn't tear your ACL. Yeah, I don't have knees made of paper mache. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. So. Um, so two guys that I just want to touch on really quick. Um, well, we already we already talked about. So Jordan Reed is, is if he falls, like I love Jordan Reed and I love his upside. Uh, last year in reception in terms of reception unexpected points, the the metrics we use in number fire. Um, he ranked 12th in the league, and he only played nine games, and he started four. Uh, so he was he was a beast last year, and and yeah. hopefully the the concussion issues don't uh, you know cause him to miss time this year. Um, yeah. th- one other guy though, two other guys actually. So Tyler Eifert, we kind of talked about you. You've written about Eifert, right? Yeah, yeah. I the the Bengals coaching staff is really high on him. Yeah. Uh, Gresham's been nicked up. I, yeah, I wrote about it on Exxon Sports. If you guys want to check it out. Yeah. So I mean, like I I, I like Eifert a lot this year too. With with Marvin Jones out uh, for the first part of the season, I think Eifert could be the beneficiary there. Um, the the other thing too is that you know Jay Gruden's gone, and Jay Gruden was kind of a weekly nightmare because he would use different personnel every week based on the situation that that the Bengals were facing. Um, and that's why you saw like Mohamed Sanu had a great week and then Marvin Jones had that stretch. Like that's the way that Jay Gruden game plan in Cincinnati. Um, mm-hmm. and the thing that's interesting is, is Hugh Jackson, the, the new offensive coordinator, he's had stints, uh, in Atlanta and in Oakland and, uh, he had Zach Miller and Algie Crumpler. Those were the only two guys that were actually like, mo- like mediocre at tight end or at <laughs> least mediocre at tight end. Both of those guys finished with top 14 seasons in terms of reception and net expected points whenever he was their offensive coordinator. So yeah. I think I think Eifert's a great late-round pick, and I think that he's a guy that could really start well to, uh, start the season off well because Marvin Jones is hurt. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he will be a, a much bigger part of, of the offense. Uh, uh, I can tell you just by, you know, uh, just by Vine analysis on Twitter, I mean, Eifert <laughs> is a beast. He is I mean, a beast, 
I, you know, I ran him through my Vine algorithm, and whew, boy, he has, he has tight, end, tight end one written all over him. He has the same kind of measurables as a guy like Kelsey does, and that's that's what's really yeah. attractive about those tight ends and all these sophomore tight ends that are that are poised to break out. Like a couple of them are going to break out. That's what's going to happen this year. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't mean to be a total smartass, but I, I actually like like Eifert a lot, like you do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the last guy, I just this is kind of like the way that you probably feel about Jared Cook. Uh, I, I've talked to Leo Howell, a, a Buccaneers fan a, and, and writer, and, and he knows the Buccaneers very well, about Tim Wright a whole lot over the offseason. Um, and I think people were just sleeping on Tim Wright. Uh, it, not necessarily. I, I think most of it has to do with ASJ and them drafting him this year. Um, but... Tim Wright was so freaking good last year. Like he was he was really good last year. I ran I ran his numbers through uh Pro Football Reference's player finder. So he had 54, 54 catches for 571 yards and five touchdowns. Remember, he was a rookie. Okay? I looked at uh single seasons from rookie tight ends in history and I knocked down his numbers to 50 catches, 550 yards and five touchdowns. He's one of six tight ends to ever put up that line during their rookie season. Wow, man, that's a great that's a great find. Yeah, isn't that I mean, like it's crazy? Like Tim Wright was unbelievable last year, and and wow. the thing that's really interesting is that they'll have Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans on the outside, um, and, and Tim Wright could do some damage in the middle of the field. They don't have many wide receiver weapons outside of those those two big towers, and Mike Evans is a rookie, ASJ is a rookie, Vincent Jackson's the only guy that has legitimate experience in that passing offense. I, I really think that Tim Wright is is a sneaky sneaky guy in deep leagues this year. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's going to be a tight end one or anything, but he's going to have weeks. I think that he could blow up. I, I own him in some, in, in a decent amount of, of MFL tens as a result of that, because I think that he's going to be able to score maybe five, six, seven times this year. I, I actually think he, he'll, he'll reemerge as, as kind of a, uh, a, a great, like a foundational streamer type, um, because he's not being drafted. Right, right, yeah. There's no, there's no reason to necessarily yeah. draft him. It's more, it's more so, exactly. it's more so just a stake, just to yeah, just just keep tabs on him. And and he he's running actually. I, I was reading about how they're they're using him right from the slot and, exactly uh, more and more. And that and and that's where he thrived in yep. that little short run he had last year is when they were using him basically as a, as only a slot receiver. Um and uh, um and that that's when he was really useful. Uh, Tampa's schedule really stinks for tight ends starting off uh, the the season, but it does get easier as the season wears on. So, like you know, when we talk about when I'm sure JJ talks about Tim Ray, it's like it's not like you should draft him over guys we've already talked about. Right. But um, just know that uh, when if your guy goes down to injury or it's bye week time. That right is probably a probably going to be a legit option. Yeah, I want to give props to Leo to at Leo How Eight for for turning me on to write a little bit because we yeah. were it was probably like two and a half months ago we were just chatting and we just like started talking about Tim Wright and he's like he's like you got to trust me with this like I I really think that something could come of it and I've been I've been since just kind of following him and like researching what he's done and it like like the stat that I said earlier I mean like his season was really underrated last year and people have to remember that he's. He's he's actually he's like a, he's a wide receiver. I mean, he was he's he's eligible to play wide receiver last year. He was in in fantasy formats, so he's he's perfect for that slot role for them because they don't really have anything else. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with them. But any any other guys or, or have we covered everyone? Uh, I I think I think we have covered every late round type. I think we have. Mid, 
middle round. I mean, every everything. I mean, we haven't, you know, mentioned the the tight end of of whom you know we do not speak. You know, uh, the Jimmy Graham. Oh, oh God! Yeah, we're not talking about Jimmy Graham. But but we've we've already we've already spilled spilled enough blood on that front. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, it's it's episode thirty seven, I believe. So if you're listening to this and you don't understand why we hate Jimmy Graham, just go listen to to episode thirty seven. I want to say it is, uh, and you can hear everything about why we hate Jimmy Graham. It's actually been cool. It's been cool to see like. There's been at least a dozen people that have come to us and said like, "Oh, like I'm not dra- drafting Jimmy Graham in the first round now." Yeah, it, it it was. I mean, there've also been like like, "Oh my god, you're crazy because he's the the best." But Yeah. Um but I I think that uh yeah, it it is it is kind of encouraging to to see that once in a while. Yeah, for sure. All right, Dennis. Let's uh let's do some ranting. Yeah, let's rant. You go first. All right, mine's going to be pretty quick. Um so I say that every week, actually, that this is going to be quick. Every single week. Every week. This is going to be quick, guys. And it usually isn't. Um, so I, I told you earlier in the podcast that I was at that Razzball draft this past Monday. Um, and the reason that Justin Hunter was my wide receiver five and Fred Jackson was my running back five was because uh, people were reaching and by people, I mean basically a couple a couple guys. Because it was basically a pros versus Joes kind of thing where the the pros, if you will, like I'm using that term very loosely, um, you know, they've been mock drafting. They've been drafting all offseason and whatnot. And the Joes are average fantasy owners who probably went there and wanted to make some sort of statement. And one guy decided to draft Kyle Rudolph in the third round. And it got to the point where... The dude, you know, we were all like, we were like, you can take that pick back. Like, we're we're telling you right now that you don't want to draft Kyle Rudolph in the third round, and he's like, no, I'm going to draft Kyle Rudolph in the third round. And I just want to tell everyone to just don't be that guy. Like, we, you don't need to make that kind of stand during your fantasy drafts because it just it creates a really really awkward vibe during the draft. Let alone, mind you, like. There were some people that I that you know like Jeff Hasley was there from from football guys. I got to meet him and stuff, so I knew some of the guys that were there. But the majority of people like we didn't know each other, so it was just it was massively awkward because this guy drafted Kyle Rudolph in the third round. So, so I, I, it, it's kind of it's kind of hilarious that that awkwardness can be driven from drafting Kyle Rudolph in the third round. That is, oh God, I would just, I but, would cringe until my my neck broke. Right, but that's that's the that's how it, that's what happens. You know, whenever you're when you're making like you don't know if you're supposed because there's only two extremes. You you can either just be completely silent about it and really treat it super serious. This just draft super serious and be like, oh well, that just means that my team's going to be really good. Or you can be a good natured human being and see. Well, actually, I shouldn't say good natured human being. You can you can realize that you want it to be competitive, and start trash talking the guy, but you don't know the guy. I don't know why I said good natured human being before yeah, I was I about to. <laughs> I don't I don't know. It's late. I'm sorry. Also, good good natured human beings don't have anything. Uh, don't don't have any place in this game. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually a good point. So IMO. So just just to anyone listening, just look at ADP data. Of, just even for a second before you draft guys like that. Like, there was another another team that went Andrew Luck in the third round as the second quarterback off the board and then picked Matthew Stafford in the fourth before Drew Brees got picked. Jesus. 
Like, like there's just, and I'm not like calling you like these guys are nice guys. This has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with their drafting abilities. But but that that league that Joe's Pros League that's that's tight end premium. No, I mean this wasn't even a Joe's first. It was just like a a mix of okay. guys. That was just the demographic. Okay, because in the the tight end premium leagues, people go crazy for tight. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, stuff like I mean, like Rudolph in the third could happen. Yeah, yeah, premium. right, right. And unless it's like tight end premium, where tight ends get three and a half points per reception, right? Then I just um, I, like, I feel like I like feel there, like it's no. There's reaction. a there's a point. There, what what people need to realize with fantasy football is that like you can have your guy and you can have this like this this desire to draft a certain player, but that doesn't mean that you need to get Kyle Rudolph in the third round. You know, there's just a, you need to look at ADP so that you're not, it's not even just about maximizing your own team and optimizing your own team. It's about not looking like a fool because that's what this guy unfortunately looked like. Anyway. All right, Dennis, do you have a, do do you have a rant that you would like to talk about? You know, I don't, but I would like to cede my ranting time to some, you know, the guy that I found last week. And, you know, I shared the the audio clip of uh, Kenny Darter, that uh, guy who's hosting the, uh, you know, Bizarro World Living the Stream. At, at, get... at First Round QB on Twitter, right? He's on Twitter now. And, you know, he has this, this, this short little podcast, and I found another episode just trolling around the various internets. And so uh, <laughs> if, if you want to cue that up, I, I, think, I think we should give it a little listen. All right, let's listen to it. And we're back with another episode of Killing the Stream. I'm your host, Kenny Darter. Today we're going to talk about tight ends. It's a short conversation, as usual, because there's really only one thing you have to do. Draft Jimmy Graham. Do you know why we draft Jimmy Graham? Because he's the best, and our fantasy teams only deserve the best. Once you have the best, you can forget about the rest. That's the beauty part of killing the stream. Just draft Graham, log out of your draft room, and make room above your fireplace for yet another championship trophy. Jimmy Graham will eviscerate your league mates. He'll leave nothing but a pile of ash. Trust me, folks, I've, I've actually seen this happen. I've, I've seen men die from not drafting Jimmy Graham. It's, it's beautiful, actually, I'll be honest. And just remember, when you're tempted to draft a receiver or a running back or a quarterback not named Peyton W. Manning, you're headed for a fate worse than death. You're headed for Charles Clay. Do you know who cares about Charles Clay? Do you know who talks about Charles Clay? Losers, that's who. Losers love Charles Clay because losers love streaming the tight end position. And do you know what happens when my Jimmy Graham faces your Charles Clay? I leave the room drenched in your blood. Boom. It's ugly, I know. But it's a reality. I'll kill your clay just like I kill the stream. We murder the stream because the stream is a disease. Do not let it infect you this drafting season. Kill the stream. We'll be back after commercial break. Wow. Well, that was uh, that was, that was pretty violent. I 
I was uh, kind of expecting uh, something a little a little less over the top, but I guess uh, I guess Kenny has pretty strong stance on on, on Jimmy Graham as uh, as I guess we maybe should have should have known already. We really should have. I, I'm 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 glad that we didn't really get too too into Jimmy Graham because we probably would have had some sort of uh, giant giant Twitter argument tomorrow with 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 at first round QB. Yeah, I mean, all right, well. Uh, you know, keep keep cranking it out, Kenny, because uh, you know we we need we need you to 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 keep pumping up those uh, ADPs. So thank thank yeah, you for, for sure. Th- th- thank you, first round quarterback. Thanks for helping the opportunity cost cause. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, all right, man. Well, let's. Uh, I think that wraps everything up. You uh, you ready to go get some milkshakes? Yes, let's do it. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll definitely catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about